Chapter 2 The Disturbance The Jedi Temple, much like the city planet it called home, was deceptive in its appearance. Coruscant was a radiant hub of power on the surface, bustling and endless. But beneath the shining veneer of Durasteel, technology and endless lights, there were thousands upon thousands of layers of civilization, places which saw little sunlight and remembered times long forgotten by those above. The Coruscanti underworld was a thing of legend and of nightmares. Few ventured there, and even fewer returned. The surface dwellers had places to go, businesses to attend to, lives to run. None spared a thought for the millennia rotting beneath their feet. There would always be places of Coruscant that only a few people knew about or remembered. There would always be vast swaths of existence, worn into secrecy by the slow and merciless vote of time. The Jedi Temple was a parallel to its host planet in this respect, only without so much death and nightmares. Perhaps the comparison was a poor one, thought Talavleka, as she pushed a custodian's cart along the vast, abandoned hall, levitating a small globe lamp to light the way. It was true that the temple had hundreds of forgotten levels such as this one, most of which now lay in disrepair below the surface, but they were not hostile as the wilds of Coruscant's underbelly. No, the Jedi Temple, even in its darkest, neglected depth, was a harbor of safety and tranquility. It was beautiful down here, in its own way. Dark, yes, and cold in places, devoid of life and furniture alike. But the force was thick here, so thick she could taste it. Its flavor was rich and delicately seasoned, generations of Jedi wisdom pressing up against her like a smoldering hearth fire, the embers of light that kept the surface dwellers alive far above. It was a shame that they only used these levels for utilities now. Electric generators, anti-graph backup systems, repulsor regulators, and maintenance units were just some of the commodities that found a home here down below. Ever since she'd aged out of the initiate program at age 13, it had been Tala's duty to care for them. It was a lonely, tedious job. But with the force so strong here, she savored the atmosphere like fine wine. In such a vast and ancient underworld, Talek's exiled clan of technology lived in desperate pockets, webbed together by halls of old statues and monuments, sacred rooms of meditation and forgotten rituals. Tala had even seen books down here on occasion. Actual paper books. They were remnants of the archive's oldest collections, which Jocasta knew allowed to remain down here in their ancestral homes, and no wonder. There was no one to disturb their fragility down here in the dark. No one but the generators and regulators. And Tala, of course. However, by the will of the Force, Tala Vleka's solitude was not to last. At 1300 hours on the second day of the tenth month of the Galactic Republic, year 25012, the Force slammed through the foundations of the temple and sent Tala to her knees. She would learn later of the mass chaos that erupted above as thousands of Jedi sensed the upheaval. Kresh cried en masse, students froze in their katas, even the High Council faltered in their daily sessions. But after a few breathless heartbeats, the fissure in the Force closed up as quickly as it had arrived, leaving Jedi everywhere to clutch at their focus and wonder, what in the galaxy was that? Deep in the bowels of the temple, Tala could sense an aftershock. Something. Someone. She was no longer alone down here. A chill ran down her spine, night-blue hair standing on end. Abandoning a card, she reached out a hand and drew her lantern closer to herself. Her other hand closed about the lightsaber she carried on her belt. 
It was a simple training saber, left over from her initiate days, and would be useless in a fight, but the humming crystal inside calmed her. Luminescent red eyes wide, she stepped off her familiar route and into a path of the Force's choosing. She could almost see the life form in the Force, a dot on the horizon, shining like a beacon in the desert. She followed its call into ancient halls, around corners, and into rooms she'd never seen. She heard a noise, a moan, a person. Gulping down fear and quickening her step, Tala came into a massive hall, her lantern slide swallowed by dark space. A second moan echoed against the darkened walls. Hello? She croaked, unused to speaking while on duty down here. Is anyone there? Are you all right? She stepped forward carefully, glancing at the smooth stone walls, the engravings in the floor. She wondered what old rituals this hall had witnessed, how long it had been forgotten. The air thrummed with power. Not ancient and still like the embers of old, but new and alive and crackling. She continued forward and down a short stairwell into the depressed center of the room. A massive crack ran through the meter-thick floor, granite rubble tossed up in jagged peaks. There was a humanoid lying half-buried beneath one slab, scorched Jedi ropes and tatters about its body. It moaned. Oh, my stars! Tella almost dropped her lantern. She rushed over to it, him, she quickly realized, and drew on her initiate training to move the debris away from the ailing Jedi. Master? Master, are you all right? She reached out a hand to check for a pulse and recalled at the touch. Power surged through him unchecked, like lightning, fear and confusion and something else. Master? She asked again, voice cracking with uncertainty as she fumbled for her comlink, trying to remember the frequency for the healer's ward. One eye cracked open. Two. Blue-green eyes squinting through grey dust and lantern light. Both eyes fixated on this light, blinking lazily into it before considering Tala's sea-blue face. He seemed confused. There is no death. The stranger wheezed, blinking again. There's only the Force. Master? He collapsed. Vukara Che was having a rather hectic day. The Halls of Healing had already been a veritable battleground for weeks now, and in the Chief's Healer's esteemed opinion, the last thing they needed was a Force-damped situation. But fate was a merciless sword, and did not consider the long-suffering countenance of Jedi healers when it crafted today's trials. While junior healers ducked in and out of well-worn trenches fighting off the rash of panther flu that had been introduced into the crest some months ago by nefarious surgeoners unknown, Chief Healer Vukara Che had bigger problems to deal with. Ever since that moment in the early afternoon, when the universe had toppled onto its head for ten horrifying seconds, every Jedi in the temple had fallen off kilter, including Vukara Che. Stepping into her office to pick up the data pet her Padawan had left for her, she took three deliberate, calming breaths. There is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no chaos, there is the Force. It helped a little. Setting her jaw in a determined line, the twin-legged Jedi marched towards the emergency ward, where a mystery man lay unconscious in a white shift. The custodian who'd found him stood by the door, where Padawan Luna Shawl was calmly asking questions and taking notes. All right. Vokara bolstered into the room, Leku swinging with as much authority as the rest of her. A usual suspect? she asked. I haven't run his fingerprints yet, master, Luna said. Hmm. Vukara made a note to review standard operating procedure with her Padawan later. 
Well, it doesn't look like any of my wanted posters. Human, male, mid-thirties, I guess. All limbs intact. Let's see. She picked up a limp hand, the one that wasn't wrapped in wires, and pressed the thumb to her data pad. It beeped its dutiful tone and reported. Master Che frowned deeply. She glanced at her patient and back at the pad. Hmm, she grunted and tried scanning a different finger. The identification programming thought for a few seconds and reiterated its original findings. Now growing equal parts annoyed and confused, Vokara placed the man's entire hand on the scanner. Master? Her Nautilan apprentice regarded her apprehensively. The intensity of Fukara's frown leaked off her face and into the force itself. Master Che said nothing. She flicked her gaze between the patient and the scanner, the scanner and the patient. She set the data pet aside and examined the man's face, pushing back bedraggled hair, shining a penlight into his eyes, smoothing out a ginger beard to see his chin. Eventually she stood back, expression a storm. Have our ID systems been swept for bucks in the past month? Okara asked her padavan as she tore open a sterilized DNA kit. I believe so, master, replied her padawan, tapping on her own data pad to access the office records. They're automated. They've never missed a scan before. Master Chase frowned did not disappear as she took a tissue sample from the patient's cheek and plugged it into its corresponding machine. Have MD-8 run a blood panel and call me when that is done processing. She instructed her pupil already halfway out the door. She could hear the sounds of sickness and misery echoing from the pediatric ward. She sighed. But, Master, who is he? Her apprentice asked, attempting to fill in her meticulous notes on the day's proceedings. Hopefully we can find out. It was less than an hour later when her apprentice calmed her. The data pad remained where Vakara had left it at the foot of the patient's bed, blinking a scan-complete message and chirping. She snatched it up and tapped through the results, expression unreadable. Luna, watching with owlish eyes from the doorway, blinked. Master? She ventured when Vokara stood staring at the screen for an unusual stretch of time. The Twi'lek master was watching her mystery patient cautiously. Luna, MD-8 reports this man is dehydrated. Get an IV. Yes, master. The apprentice darted away, eager to be useful. Vokara used the privacy to pick up her calm. She stared at the face of the mystery patient, while the other end of the line bassed the dial tone. Eventually, Jin? Master Jin, you are on planet at the moment, are you not? A pause. Indeed I am, Masetache. A sigh. I assume this call has to do with my annual vaccinations, he said resignedly. Okara's eyebrows lifted in stern amusement. Ah, thank you for reminding me about that. But at the moment I shall forget your vulnerable immune system and instead inquire after your shadow. I can only hope he is on planet with you. Yes, of course. And do you know where he is at present? A brief pause. He's with me, in our quarters. Is something wrong, Master Che? She pursed her lips, unsure of how to articulate the problem. I suppose there must be. Your apprentice is with you in your quarters and what I can only assume is a healthy countenance. And yet I currently have an unconscious man in my care, some twenty years his senior, whose DNA has somehow turned up the medical records of one Obi-Wan Kenobi. An even longer pause. Luna slipped into the room quietly with the IV bag. I'm not sure I understand, Qui-Gon said at length. There must be some mistake. Vokara studied the unconscious face with a rising sense of foreboding. 
I hope so, Master Jin, but I must say. Clef Jin, ginger hair, freckle on the left cheekbone, mole on the brow. He'd arrived right after the massive disturbance that afternoon. I sense something far more elusive. I have a very bad feeling about it. And that, coming from one proponent of the living force to another, was a heavy declaration indeed. The calm line was silent. Luna was struggling with the IV needle. I need to go, Vukara bid. Contact Master Window and Master Yoda and meet me in the halls. Of course, right away. She replaced the calm on her belt and went to help her apprentice. Humans can be tricky, she advised, showing the young girl how to locate the right vein. But this one has helpfully pale skin. You should be able to see the color... Ah, there we are. She guided Luna's hands with years of practice. At the prick of the needle, the man jerked upright, screaming. Luna screamed too, covering her head as the lights above exploded and medical supplies flew from the shelves in a burst of force-fueled shock. Bokara shouted for backup as the security lights came on. She seized the left arm in a blue fist and yelled at the man to look at her. Hey, hey, you're all right. Calm down. I don't want to hurt you. She rattled off a well-rehearsed speech for the hysterical. A junior healer appeared, taking his other arm and readjusting the wired sensor strapped to his fingers. You're safe. You're safe. Can you hear me? She wasn't sure he did. He'd frozen in place as soon as he'd glanced at her, his face now a picture of confusion and... And sadness? The tears in his eyes were wetter than those of fear. Master Jay? His voice cracked, confused. It wasn't at all what she had expected. Yes, Vukara fumbled and recovered. Yes, Vukara Jay, I'm a healer, and you're in the halls of healing at the Jedi Temple. Do you know where that is? You're... you're dead, he said. Vukara's brows rose. I assure you I am not, she told him sternly. I'm quite rooted in the business of keeping death at arm's length, in fact. You need to calm down. What's your name? The man was undergoing a different revelation. I'm dead, he decided. Vukara tightened her hand around his wrist in a grounding squeeze. You're not dead. Now, what is your name? I need to access your records and help you not be dead. He looked at her as if this question baffled him. You don't... He paused and looked up at her with a veiled expression of hurt. I'm... It's me, Master Jay. Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Surely you must... Remember me? Surely I... But no. He winced and then groaned, leaning his head into his hands, shaking it back and forth. No. No, no, no. He moaned and began gently rocking himself. This isn't real. This can't be real. A vision. Mirage. There is no death. There's the Force... There is no death. There's the force. O'Kara stared at him, nonplussed. You are Obi-Wan Kenobi, she parroted. He was clearly under great mental stress. Perhaps playing into his delusion would lead her to the truth. I was, the man cried, voice muffled against his hands. And I'm dead. And you're dead. And I'm... I'm... He dug his head deeper towards his knees and despaired to some unseen third party. What the hell is this? Sedate him. Bukara whispered to Luna. Despite her trembling, the Padawan obeyed, slamming a hypo against the miserable man's neck before he could see her coming. Master Che, Master Yoda is waiting for you. A junior healer peeked his head around the corner. Bukara nodded her acknowledgement and watched until her new ward slumped over before she stormed out of the room. When she arrived in the atrium, Masters Yoda, Window, and Jin were waiting, along with Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi.
She drew a deep, centering breath. Well, she huffed, settling her data pad in her arms. You've just missed all the fun.